Hello and welcome to the Poetry Exchange. I'm Michael Schaefer. And I'm Fiona Bennett. It's lovely to see you, Michael. It's lovely to be seen and to see you as well. Now, we've got a lot to get through today. There's a lot going on in this month's episode. I know that you wanted to tell us about a new collection that's just come out. Yes, I wanted to mention the phenomenal new collection from Glyn Maxwell, which is called The Big Calls. And it's published by Live Canon, and it's a really exciting, extraordinary, important, vital book of poetry. I think I'm going to leave it there. People can go and find out why and what. That's great. Sounds fantastic for you, yeah. For this month's episode, we've been going back through our archive and we've discovered a few hidden gems that for various reasons have sort of got passed over. So we thought, gosh, we need to share them with our our lovely audience. So this month is such a case and neither of us were there, in fact, for this one, Fiona. This was back in 2017 at Elizabeth Gaskell's house in Manchester, I believe. Elizabeth Gaskell, of course, who wrote Mary Barton, amongst others. Cranford, I think. And it was with the lovely John Preble and the gorgeous Sally Anglesey. And they were talking about My Dark Horses by Jodie Hollander. The poem that's been a friend to Rosie. Would you like to read it for us? If only I were more like my dark horses, I wouldn't have to worry all the time that I was running too little and resting too much. I'd spend my hours grazing in the sunlight, taking long naps in the vast pastures, and when it was time to move along, I'd know. I'd spend some time with all those that I'd loved, then disappear into a gathering of trees. If only I were more like my dark horses, I wouldn't be so frightened of the storms. Instead, when the clouds began to gather and fill, I'd make my way calmly to the shed and stand close to all the other horses. Together, we'd let the rain fall around us knowing, as darkness passes overhead, that above all, this is the time to be still. Thank you. That really is beautiful, and so beautifully read. Thank you. So thank you for that. I think it's just nice to start by asking if you remember how you met this friend or where you were when you first met them. Yeah, um, I came across this poem for the first time when I was lucky enough to read with the poet Jodie Hollander at a poetry event in Hebden Bridge. And I'll be completely honest, I'd not read any of Jodie Hollander's work before. In fact, I'd never heard of her before. She's an American poet and was over in the UK promoting her new collection, which is called My Dark Horses. And she read from the collection and I was absolutely stunned by her poetry in general, but particularly this poem, it made a deep impact on me. And I really enjoyed listening to her. She's got a very gentle American accent, and so I can't read it the way she does. 
And that poem sunk in. And then when you guys said to me, oh, uh, we'd love you to come along to the Poetry Exchange and think of a poem that's a friend. Mm. Almost the first poem that came to mind was My Dark Horses. And I thought, oh, well, that, that, that can't be, that can't be it. There, there must be, you know, I must go and look at Wordsworth or somebody really famous, I must go, you know. And of course, uh, there are so many amazing poems out there, but this one kept coming back to me. So it's not an old standing friend, it's a pretty new friend. Mm. But um, it, it kept tugging at my sleeve. So it's, it's quite new, and yet it keeps sinking in, and it was the one... It was the one today. that said... I'm, I'm your I'm friend. Here. I'm, yeah. Yeah. And, it's, yeah. and I suppose it's a reminder that when we choose anything as a friend, whether that's a person or a poem, we don't just have one friend. Uh-huh. We have many friends, but different friends come into our lives and one friend will be the right person for us to see on a Friday and another friend will be the right person to ring when there's something you really need to talk about. We have different friends for different reasons and they're all marvellous in their own separate ways. And what friend is this then? Um, it's li- life is interesting. May you live in interesting times, as the Chinese curse says. And we are living in interesting times. And I guess um, one of the reasons this poem's particularly important to me right now, and probably why it's been tugging my sleeve, is because it's like a lot of my favourite American poetry. It's got that deceptively accessible sense to it. It's a poem that has its doors open in terms of the reader. Somebody once said there are two kinds of poems. The poems that kind of place the poet on a bit of a pedestal and the the reader is there to listen to the poet being a poet and coming out with great thoughts. And there are the poems that leave space in the conversation. And when I say deceptively simple or deceptively accessible. I think that's because, yes, it uses this amazing image of the stable and the horses, but it's about finding a sense of groundedness, however battered oneself feels, or however maybe battered the world feels, however under threat one feels. I I don't really want to use the word calm, I think calm can sometimes be an overused word and I think it can sometimes bring about feelings of tweeness. So I I don't think this is a tinkly twee calm. I think it's a very considered, grounded sort of calm. It's not passive. It involves engagement of the self. It's like um, when there are storms, whatever those storms may be, when the clouds begin to gather and fill, it's up to me to make myself to take myself to the shed. Mm. It's like the shed isn't going to build itself around me, so I have to engage, I have to go and join, I have to choose to join the dark horses in the shed while the storm passes overhead. Absolutely. That word is really used in the way that you just described. Yes. In that considered, purposeful way. Considered and purposeful, beautiful, yeah. 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 And calmness by standing close to all the other horses is interesting because it's I, this poem is, is from I, if only I were more like my dark horses. But then there's a being with the others. Yes. There's a being amongst yeah. other horses that comes through. Mm. Making your way calmly to the shed and stand close to all the other horses. Is that something about the, that this isn't just one horse, this is all the horses. Is that something that has meaning for you in the poem? Absolutely. Um, about that sense of communion and community 
whether that's with the reader or whether that's with you know our friends and our communities for me this is the idea of a friend that's a poem and also it reminds me of my friends and my loved ones around me that mitigates against isolation and the importance of one of the strategies that it's suggesting and one of the ways of taking care of ourselves is to form communities mm. yeah because it's like we're always under threat you know there is no time in the history of the world when we're not under threat but it does seem to be a time when um, for whatever reason there's an increasing sense of fragmentation and isolation and this poem reminds us that that isn't going to help us that isn't going to help the continuance of ourselves so although there is an I in this poem it's very much I in relation to how important it is just to stand close however we regard that. And alongside all of that, there is, is this, this kind of stillness. Yes. Maybe not calmness, but mm. this kind of stillness that's found there. If only I were more like my dark horses, I wouldn't have to worry all the time that I was running too little and resting too much. I'd spend my hours grazing in the sunlight. And when it was time to move along, I'd know. So... Can I ask about the kind of stillness? I like its reminder of stillness and not running too little or resting too much and that kind of seesaw between being absolutely too exhausted <laughs> to like move or dashing on a train up and down the country and driving myself nuts thinking, oh my God, I'm going to be late, I'm going to be late, I've got to do a workshop here, I've got to do a reading here, I've got to write a novel. Oh, I can dash that off on a weekend. New, new poem, oh my God, I better check that my family are okay, blah, 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 blah. So the busyness of modern life, I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't want to be born at any other time. But it's that idea of like, ah, and breathe. And um, a phrase that my mum used to come out with, which is actually really helpful, she used this phrase, the still small voice. And it's actually from the Bible. And I, I actually went and checked it out because I, I love this phrase, the still small voice. And apparently it's um, first from the Bible, which is about earthquakes. And again, how apposite for now, it says, and after the earthquake came the fire, but the Lord was not in the fire but there was a still small voice. And I just love that, the idea that he's surrounded by earthquakes and conflagration, and that's not where the important stuff is. And for me, this poem is a still small voice. Right. It reminds me to breathe. Mm. That yes, of course, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. Of course I love doing readings, of course I love doing workshops, of course, you know, I want to write because it's <sighs> core to my being, but it's also, and Rosie, you are allowed to take a breather. You are allowed to take a nap in the lovely pasture, in the sunshine. Yeah. And just remember just to kind of lean against mm. the horses. I like that idea of the horses aren't just supporting the poet. You know, everyone supports everyone else by leaning. And I think that's another reminder that helps me think about the world out there when it is all earthquakes and fire and everything going wrong. This is a reminder to find that small, quiet place. Yeah. Because mm. we need to keep something back for ourselves and to not wear ourselves out so much that we just burn out. Mm. Yeah, there's something about the horses and how they are moving at their own pace. Yeah. It's a very natural, when it's time for a nap, it's time for a nap. Mm. When it's time to move, you know, 
Yeah, and this is what I mean about like a really, it's a really concrete, beautifully observed detail, but it, um, underlying that lovely observed detail is something really profound, personally yeah. speaking. Yeah. I think this, mm. this brilliant phrase that you said is deceptive accessibility. Like it can be those two things at once, but like the invitation to be like horses mm. and that the poem, the poet, is just kind of choosing to offer us that yeah. in the way that the horses are offering what she is seeing in the horses. She's kind of offering that to us. Yes. But, yeah. but how much So there's, you're absolutely right. There's a generosity with yeah. it as well. Yeah. This isn't... Um, it's again this idea of like why particular people become our friends and why particular poems become our friends. This feels like a very generous poem because it invites you, us, to come into the shed. It's like the idea that there are, there's plenty of room for everybody in this shed. It's not just my shed and you lot can go. There are quite a lot of eyes in this poem. If only I were more like my dark horses, I wouldn't have to worry. Because another poet recently said to me... Um, it was giving me this challenge of stripping the word I out of poems. And it is interesting to reflect on where the ego comes in a poem. You know, where is the ego? Is it sort of like thumbs tucked into the waistcoat and strutting around going, me, 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 this poem's all about me and you lot can just sit there quietly. And considering this poem has got quite a lot of the word I in it, it's, it's really lovely because it's the opposite of egotistical. It's a welcoming, yeah. non-egotistical poem and non-egotistical friend, somebody who you feel you really could lean on. The I is a very, not humble, because I hate that word, humble, humble brag. Um, <laughs> but it's a sense, it's part of the groundedness. Which all ties in with community. Yes, absolutely. You know? Community is composed of lots of individual selves and mm. I, eyes. Yes, um, okay. and generosity. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's there's a real movement in the poem itself. Just the storms are held until the second stanza, in a way, aren't they? The, yes. The first one seems to be. Mm. If you just read the first, it would be extremely restful. The grazing in the sunlight that seems to also sort of give you what's necessary, so that then when mm. the storm comes in the second stanza, yeah, you wouldn't be so frightened. And and that's a really important point about the idea of we need to nourish ourselves. If we're going to be prepared for storms, mm. which are over there, it's that idea of look after ourselves, spend those hours grazing in the sunlight, then you're going to be more prepared and nourished and nurtured and ready for the fight. Mm. So again, it just works. This is what I mean about deceptively simple. It just seems to be about a bunch of horses. Yes. And it, God, there's so, <laughs> much, so much going on. It. And I like the circular nature of it. You know, the idea of you thinking about um, there is a circular sense of just being moving around the pasture yeah. with the horses. And um, because of this idea of like it's a reminder, I, I find reminding myself to breathe is a circular thing that I do. Wow. It's a thing that I have to keep circling right. around to. Um, I think Julia Cameron, the amazing writer who wrote The Writer's Way and Finding Water and all, all those other amazing books, Walking in This World, said it's a bit like the life of creativity is like a circular path. It's like a spiral path. You just keep coming round to the same point again, but maybe at a slightly different level. But the idea is we keep revisiting these ideas and we need to. It's like, and, and that's kind of rather gentle. 
It's like the idea of rather than beating myself up for like, oh, God, I forgot to breathe again. It's like, oh, I'm back there again, am I? OK, remind myself to breathe. So it's very gentle, you know, like yeah, this poem. It's exactly this idea, it's like a reminder that, you know, yeah. we might see that same hedge walking around the field. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's the hedge. Oh, but there's a different bird in it this time. And, um, but it's that gentleness of, of course, we're human. We're yeah. beings like horses. We need to just keep moving. And, and the same, I feel, with the storm. Mm. The darkness passes. Yes. You know, that's part of that sort of cyclical type thing of journey and patience almost with yourself as well as the elements. I love that, knowing as darkness passes, because it will. You know, yes. that's, it will pass and it might not feel like it will in, the mo- in that moment, but it will. Absolutely. Come together, shelter from the rain, it will pass. And find ways of getting through the storm. Exactly. It's, again, another reason I like this poem so much is because it's a reminder that things aren't static, that things don't stay the same. Mm. And that can be a source of great comfort (laughs) when it feels like this is never going to change, this is always going to be awful, you know. That really is a comfort, actually, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Dark horses don't have a problem with comfort. Mm. And it's this reminder of, like, if only I were more like my dark horses, this idea of how easy it is to deny ourselves comfort because we feel we don't deserve it. And so there's the great gentleness and self-forgiveness in this. Yeah, one, I can't remember, I wish I could remember who said it, but there was an amazing phrase I heard the other day which really made me think, and it was about um, talking about forgiveness, which I think is a difficult thing, okay, a lot of forgiving ourselves, let alone the, the, the world out there, and it's this idea of forgiveness is about restoring humanity to all, including the inhumane. And it's like, yeah, that, that's one to think about. That really you know, is. How do we yeah. repair the world? Re- you know, repairing the world is about restoring humanity to all, including the inhumane. Yeah. Plenty of room in the shed. Wow. Yes, exactly, room in the shed. Yeah. I'm just so pleased you brought it to us because actually, you know, you mentioned earlier that anybody you've introduced it to, mm. they they seem to have had quite a strong reaction yeah, to it, quite yeah. a, a connection. I'm so glad it tugged my sleeve. Absolutely. Yeah. And that it still does when you need yes. it to, yeah. almost. Yeah. Which is a great friend, yes. you know, that's there yeah. for you. Yeah. We, we like to close with just asking mm. how you would sum up kind of what kind of a friend this poem is to you. Steady loyal, a good listener, and not flashy, but sure of themselves in a kind of way that has been learnt by experience, but still thinks that they can learn plenty more. My Dark Horses If only I were more like my dark horses. I wouldn't have to worry all the time that I was running too little and resting too much. I'd spend my hours grazing in the sunlight, taking long naps in the vast pastures. And when it was time to move along, I'd know. 
I'd spend some time with all those that I'd loved, then disappear into a gathering of trees. If only I were more like my dark horses. I wouldn't be so frightened of the storms. Instead, when the clouds began to gather and fill, I'd make my way calmly to the shed and stand close to all the other horses. Together, we'd let the rain fall round us, knowing as darkness passes overhead that above all this is the time to be still. So that was Sally with the gift reading of My Dark Horses by Jodie Hollander. And that is, in fact, the title poem of the collection by Jodie, and that's published with Liverpool University Press. And Jodie also has a fantastic new collection out, also with Liverpool University Press, called Nocturne. Huge thanks to Jodie for letting us share the poem in this way. And indeed to Rosie for bringing it to us. That is Rosie Garland, also a poet, also a writer and novelist. Huge thanks to her for that conversation back in 2017. And in fact, I experienced Rosie reading some of her own poems just the other night because she herself has a collection out very currently, which is called What Girls Do in the Dark and is published by Nine Arches Press. And it's kind of amazing, Michael, because I see the resonance to My Dark Horses in a way, which is really interesting. Rosie's collection is a wonderful, wonderful book of poems with many references to outer space and cosmic influences. But she kind of collides those with very human and earthly experiences often to do with kind of the distance between things, which is what reminds me of the dark horses with that thing of the sense of the space between the horses and then the the coming together. So something about all this imagery is kind of firing off in my head. And then I find myself looking at Rosie's collection and thinking, well, Michael would read this poem so beautifully. And I know how much he enjoys watching dogs in the park, running around, being crazy. So uh, perhaps you'd give us a, a read of one of the poems from Rosie's book. Yeah, I'd love to, Fee. Thanks. Yeah, this is called Biography of a Comet in the Body of a Dog. All flap and gallop off the leash, it careers in a wild orbit round the solar system. The sweep of its tail makes skittles of doubt. It digs holes through the wounded parts of joy to the other side of despair. Every time I toss hope away, it brings it back, drops it at my feet, tongue drooling a glittering rope. On cinder nights, when breath knocks hollow breath, it soars, heart on fire, chasing squirrel stars it can never catch. What a brilliant poem. Fantastic. Just amazing. I love that the sweep of its tail makes skittles of doubt. Isn't that fantastic? 
Excellent, excellent. And I'm loving the conversation between these two poems in this episode and, yeah. you know, animal universes and beyond and what they, what, what they bring us. Just beautiful. What's the collection called, Food? Just like, tell me again. What Girls Do in the Dark. What Girls Do in the Dark by Rosie Garland. Wonderful. Thanks. So I think that's probably about all we've got time for this month. We'll be back with another new episode next month. Until then, thank you for listening. Thank you.